WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 56, all about the Land of Shadow, chapter 2, book 6 of The Return of the King, being the 56th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Story Diver, aka Jess. Welcome, Jess. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So you were recently on an episode of Bacon and Eggs, and you guys started talking about, um, I don't know, I guess reading and books that like you really enjoy and reread a lot. And you brought up Lord of the Rings and how you're this lifelong fan and you've read them a billion times. And I was like, what the heck? How did I not know about this? <laughs> uh, I was like, um, hello, did you know that we have a Lord of the Rings podcast? <laughs> and then I immediately messaged you and was like, come on the show. <laughs> yeah, you were really fast with that DM. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I've been like starving for guests sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea who to contact. What should I do? And then meanwhile, Jess is just in our Discord community, hanging out, having a good time, not knowing that <laughs> I'm about to like Shanghai her into coming on the show. So tell me a little bit about your history with Lord of the Rings and like how you got into it. Uh, yeah, so my mom is actually a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Um, when she was pregnant with me, she was trying to push my dad to name me Arwen oh because my God. she thought that was the best name. Uh, my dad vetoed it, obviously, <laughs> because otherwise my name would be Arwen. Um, and so I grew up, I always knew the story of the Lord of the Rings. I first saw the movies when I was nine, when they finally came out on VHS. Um, I watched them with my mom, but I already knew the story by then. So it wasn't like a big revelation to me. And then I first read the books when I was 12 um, and I struggled through them because obviously they're not the easiest books to read, especially as a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. But I was so adamant I wanted to get through them because my mom had them in like the one book edition. So it was a book that was over a thousand pages long and tiny, tiny font. And I just wanted basically I wanted to brag to my friends that I read this book because <laughs> it was so big. Um, so I trudged through it and then fell in love with the story. And I read them probably about once a year since I was 12. And I'm 24 now. So Man. it's a big love story. Crazy. Um, that's so funny that you say your mom got you into it because I literally just made a joke in the episode in last week's episode with Tyler about how it's always someone's dad. Like Lord of the Rings is a very dad series. And like every single time yeah. I talk to guests, I was like, oh, yeah, my dad was reading it. I was in middle school. So it's funny that your mom was um, the one who like inspired that for you. And um, oh, yeah, my dad couldn't care less. <laughs> it's not his thing. <laughs> and I can also relate to being, you know, it, yeah, my like elementary, elementary, middle school self, like going to the library and being like, what's the biggest book here I'm gonna read it yeah. I don't care what it's about I just want bragging rights because this is a huge book and I've read it exactly you're not reading for the story you're just reading to be like I read a thousand pages yeah <laughs> like exactly exactly and like it just so happens that like this is actually a pretty good story in fact one of yeah, like it took a while to get into it but once I got into it I read through it pretty man. quickly I mean, like, kudos to you for, for doing that at, you know, that young of an age, because I can barely do it at, how old am I? 25. So, <laughs> um, and then I also saw, I saw this, I shared it to the Tolkien About Facebook group listeners. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, you should join it. It's free. Um, <laughs> and I shared that it was a graphic that some that had been made and it was like series you can read in less than 100 hours and it had Lord of the Rings on it and I feel like yeah maybe you could read that in less than 100 hours but it said that you could read all three of the Lord of the Rings books and the Hobbits in 47 hours and I was like that's not accurate because there's no. at least there's 60 chapters in Lord of the Rings if you do an hour per chapter, which for me is being nice because usually it takes me a lot longer than an hour because I get distracted so frequently. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, you need at least 60 hours for just Lord of the Rings. 
So, yeah, just, I don't know, ridiculous. But yeah, just made me laugh because I was like, I'm an adult and I have trouble reading this book. So (laughs) I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say so. (laughs) So we are here this week to talk about chapter two, book six, The Land of Shadow. And I appreciate that this chapter starts right off the bat with action because I was Mm -hmm. like, in my... In my head, the way that this plot is moving and, like, my predictions are the next chapter, we are destroying the ring. And I say that because the next chapter is called Mount Doom, so hopefully they get there. (laughs) And I'll be really mad if they're there for, like, another five chapters before they destroy the ring. So when I started the chat, I was like, okay, guys, we got to get things moving along. Like, we're supposed to destroy the ring in in about a week, so let's, let's do this thing. So I was glad that, like, they were running for their lives from orcs. Yeah. I mean, it was funny for me because, uh, so you told me which chapter to read. And, of course, arrogantly, I'm like, I'll just pick up the book. I don't know where we are. And I picked up the book. I was like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> but yep. it was nice that it started fast because it was easy to kind of get into it fast because it's got so much action right at the beginning. Do You just kind of fall into it fast. Mm-hmm. I would also say that, like, at any given point in Two Towers or... Return of the King, if you pick it up and it's the same Inferno chapter, you can guarantee, like, if you're like, oh, I don't know what's happening in this chapter, it's it's about Sam and Frodo just not knowing what to do is... Pretty much. <laughs> ...is, like, their whole storyline, basically, of just making things up as they go along and being like, I guess we'll do this. Yep, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, are running for their lives, and they meet this... They come to a point where these... Um, where, like, people are surrounding them from all sides, and they're about to be cornered. So they, like, jump over into a valley... And they land in a thorn bush and get stuck. And I was like, of course, they get stuck in a thorn bush in Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's just very on brand for yep. for our dear heroes, Frodo and Sam. I uh, actually really like that bit because of how it's described that they're expecting to fall like really far down and onto like rocks or something bad. And they just kind of plop into a bush. And in my head, every time I read that, it's... Um, like a cartoon character, you know, like running off a cliff and like he's running in the air and then he looks down and falls. Mm-hmm. And that's always like the mental image I have at this point is them just kind of falling and then realizing that they're falling. No, that's um, an accurate portrayal of how I also pictured it because I don't think because the way that they they can't see what's on the other edge or like side of the cliff, basically, because it's Mordor and everything is dark yep. and terrifying. So... um they just kind of have to take this leap of faith. And yeah, they're like, same effort. They're like, we might die, but like, we're definitely going to die if we stay here because then all these orcs are going to come get us. And that's kind of their motivation for this entire section of the book is them being like, okay, we have to keep going. We have to go this direction and we might die, but <laughs> it's our only option other than stay here and die. So it sounds pretty good. But yeah, anytime... A character is like, well, I guess we have to jump off this cliff. Yeah, I'm imagining like a, <clears throat> ooh, yeah, like a wily e. coyote situation or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do they have wily e. coyote in Australia? I don't actually know because I grew up in Europe. <laughs> Do they have it, had in, it Europe? in Europe? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, good. It's just so funny the things that like you think are universal like cultural touchstones and then sometimes you're like mm-hmm. wait what do you mean <laughs> like yeah something like I really enjoy there are like random TikToks that will come on my feed every now and then of like people from different countries asking questions for Americans and there's this one mm. TikTok and it was like why do Americans not have passports and someone in the back room was like they're not allowed to have them and <laughs> it just like made me laugh like all the things that like you don't know that like the perceptions of like other countries have a view that you don't know that you don't know anyway okay I don't know how I got on that yep. but <laughs> So they get out of the thorn bush, thankfully. They have, like, some issues because of the orc, like, clothes that they're wearing. But they get out. And um, Frodo is being weighed down 
I think physically by the orc like armor or I think it's mail that he's wearing as well mm-hmm. as the like metaphorical that's the word I was looking for the like metaphorical weight of the ring which just gets heavier and heavier as they move closer to Mount Doom and further into Mordor and um, I just like to point out Sam says this very interesting line for me Um, he says I'd carry you on my back if I could and I think that's interesting because my running theory is that It's going to end with Sam and Frodo going up Mount Doom and Frodo's going to collapse and Frodo is going to have to carry Sam. Wait, no, reverse that. Sam is going to have to carry (laughs) Frodo on his back. Yeah, like Stanley carries Zero up the mountain in holes. And that's my running theory. So I just think it's interesting that Sam, I was like, hmm, foreshadowing perhaps. (laughs) Or it's just me like reading really far into the text just to. Yeah. Like overanalyzing. S- yeah, just to like serve my own purposes. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that though. That's a lot of fun. But anyway, so he like takes off a layer of the orc stuff and is like, okay, I feel a bit better. And then he's like, wait, no, I'm cold. And I'm like, Frodo, let's let's pick a mood <laughs> here, bud. Like, you're getting a bit annoying for me. I understand we're in Mordor. I under I understand everything is terrible. Um, and you don't feel good, but like, let's he was getting a bit whiny for me in this section where he was like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. This is heavy. And then he takes it off. And then he's like, I'm cold, Sam. He definitely feels like like having an overtired toddler with you. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm cold. I'm too warm. My feet hurt. I'm tired. I want this. I want that. And you just kind of want to, like, shake him and be like, just stop. Just shut up and walk. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're in Mordor, dude. Nothing is comfortable. Just suck it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, the sooner you get it done with, the sooner you'll feel better. Exactly. And then like Sam being a mom takes off his cloak to the um, the elvish cloak that they got in Lorien and puts it around him. And Frodo's like, oh, yes, that's much better. And he makes a note that like he feels a little lighter. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that's because he put on an elven piece of clothing which like has mentioned it's it's like brought up multiple times so far that like whenever they eat elven food or like touch like glad or have like galadriel's light magic with her or whatever that they it's it's literally like it has lightning effects on them in contrast to this like terrible doom and gloom that they experience in in mordor and when they like wear orc clothes or eat or drink like orc food yeah for sure speaking of the elves uh sam says if only the lady could see us or hear us i'd say to her your ladyship all we want is light and water just clean water and plain daylight better than any jewels begging your pardon i like that little part that he has and he's like if it's not too hard (laughs) he's still so polite even if he's not actually talking to anyone yeah he's like he's like some some water would be nice in this (laughs) desolate land of doom and so they like get their wish a little bit i love this line Ooh, it's creepy um because the sun starts to rise a little bit and you would think like oh like the sun fills the sky and it feels warm and it's like so happy and it's like not really. It says, under the lifting skirts of the dreary canopy, dim light leaked into Mordor, like pale morning through the grimed window of a prison. Yeah. So it's like, it, hopeful, but not that much. Yeah, it's it's a little bit. It's something, at least, but it's not exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Um, And they also, where is it? They also see some shape moving from the west coming back to Mordor and it's kind of it says oh as it went it sent out a long shrill cry the voice of a Nazgul but this cry no longer held any terror for them it was the cry of woe and dismay ill tidings for the dark tower and then this is where I was like oh my god they kind of said the name of the book the lord of the ring wraiths had met his doom (laughs) So this is, uh, at one point it even, oh yeah, earlier up the page it says Theoden lay dying in on the Pelennor field. So at this point, uh, 
Eowyn and Mary have defeated the Witch King and he comes fleeing back to Mordor. And that's what they've just seen. Um, but yeah, the Lord of the Ring Wraiths. I was like, oh, it was so close. <laughs> he almost said Honestly, it. Honestly, I've never picked up on that. Like, just you saying it now, I'm like, how have I never picked that up? <laughs> I like saw, like, I legitimately thought it said the Lord of the Rings. And I was like, <gasps> ooh. Ah, and then it said ring wraiths. And I was like, oh, Tolkien, you were so close. Because (laughs) we haven't, like, actually had someone say the name of the books. There was one moment where, like, Pippin was, like, joking around and was like, ah, here comes Frodo, Lord of the Ring. But that was singular. So, like, close, but no cigars. Oh, also, just kind of, like... I don't know if I've ever brought it up before, but in the back of my head, there's always this question of like, so who exactly is the Lord of the Rings? Plural, all of them. I was like, because it's not Sauron, because Sauron doesn't have all the rings. So who is this mysterious Lord of the Rings? (laughs) Which is a rhetorical question that you don't actually have to answer. But like, I don't know, this mystery of who is this guy anyway? Um, Yeah. Oh, and then they take out some of uh, Galadriel's light again and it has me wondering like is this light a finite source I was like are they gonna like run out of it or are they gonna um, because they use it a lot and he says he says I've got one thing I've got one thing I wanted a bit of light enough to help us so are they like running out of it is is it gonna like run out at like the actually now that I say that it probably will (laughs) it's gonna run out at like the most crucial moment they're gonna be like walking up mount doom and they're gonna be like come on galadriel like galadriel's light that saved us five thousand times that we're so lucky that you gave us (laughs) like it's that thick or like horror movie trope Mm -hmm. the horror movie trope of your flashlight running out of batteries just just when you need it kind of thing oh and then he's gonna he's gonna like smack the (laughs) the file the vial and it's gonna like he's gonna be it's gonna illuminate he's gonna be like oh thank god and then he's gonna look up and like sauron's gonna be right there (laughs) perfect that's how i want it that's how i that is my expectation for the movie it better be like that or else i will be disappointed um no okay (laughs) um so they stop and rest and hear a bit of water running and they find a little like creek and even though the water is like kind of gross and a bit it's like they say it's a little like oily and it has a bitter taste it's still water Mm -hmm. and sam says if i ever see the lady again i will tell her um wait what sam i will tell her light Oh, oh, I read that wrong. That's why. If I ever see the lady again, <laughs> I will tell her, light and now water. So I don't know if, like, that's literally, like, Galadriel's doing. I mean, obviously, like, the sun rises with or without Galadriel's permission. But, like, I like to think that she's just sitting in Rivendell with, like, a little, I don't know, glass orb watching over, watching them. And it's like, oh, my God, these kids. <laughs> <laughs> they need help. Here, I'll like, I'll like nudge them in the direction of a yeah, like the opposite of a of the game makers, honestly, in Hunger Games. Yes, yeah, where she's definitely. like watching help over them, them as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, she's watching over them, and it's like, okay, let me like steer them towards the river. Whereas the game makers are like, oh, at least in the movies, they're like, she's running towards the edge of of the arena, and they're like, okay, we'll we'll turn her around. With a fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Galadriel's the opposite of a game maker. Yeah. So, yeah. So they drink the water. It's fine. Um, I guess I would liken it to like, this is a very United States thing, but when you go to a different state, especially one that's like not just the one immediately next to your state, but like a lot further north or, or something, you drink the tap water there and like it tastes fine, you know it's safe, but it tastes but it's a little not the same. Off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And then yeah, and then same like when you're traveling to other countries too. You're like there's a moment where you get a glass of water from the tap from the sink and you're like, is this is this okay? <laughs> Can I? Yeah. Can I do this? 
And then you get home and you have a glass of water at home and you're like, this this is real water. Mm-hmm. This is what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. Everything else yeah. was just like a knockoff imitation water. <laughs> this is the <laughs> real thing. Water. Yeah. So like it does the trick sort of, but um, still not great. But yeah, again, they're in Mordor. So like they kind of have to do whatever they have to. Oh, shoot. And then I also forgot to mention there was like a good... I don't know, half a page where Tolkien was just mentioning the various paths. It's like, if they went west, they would find this path that was eastward of the tower and it went westward and it turned this way. And then there was this path that was a little bit south of where they were, but they didn't know any. And I'm like, Tolkien, I don't care about this. Just <laughs> just like put them on a path. I don't care like the direction about all the other paths yeah Yeah. exactly like just put them on a path and don't be he he does this a couple times where he's like Frodo and Sam didn't realize it but further north was that and I'm like if they didn't if they didn't know it then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) like unless it's a bit of like dramatic irony of like Frodo and Sam being like, oh, I wish we had water. Oh, well. And then Tolkien was like, they didn't know it, but they had, if they had turned one degree south, they would have found a river or whatever, you know? But like, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, just cut it all out. Again, what I would wonder Lord of the Rings would look like if it was published today with like a modern editor being like, this yeah. doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> um. And then Tolkien's just like slamming his fists on the table like, it does matter, though. It's so important. It's important to me. (laughs) It's the essence of the books, man. It's funny because I I read along with the companion guide, which has like little extra notes for like, oh, this river is actually and like the history of the river and stuff like that. It's so much fun. And then there'll be uh, moments like that where he's talking about all the different paths. And then you go to the companion guide and it's like two pages worth of if you would actually follow this road, it would take you over to this town. You're like, why am I even reading this? It's even more stuff that has nothing to do with the story. But I like reading along with it because so cool. it gives an extra layer. And sometimes it'll explain things that like you don't realize are important when you're reading the book. But once it explains it, it makes so much more sense. So that's so cool. Yeah, I, had... I would skip reading the bits about the past. Yeah, they're just very repetitive. <laughs> that's so cool. I had no idea that this this companion guide existed. And like, yeah, now I, I feel like I've done this podcast wrong. <laughs> that like it's like redo it with the companion guide yeah i feel like i should go back and i should be reading it with the companion guide so that i can share these like fun little tidbits as they come up but like we're we're in mordor now it's too late there's no going like (laughs) i've been doing this no just start it all over again mc just go back to the beginning start it all over again yeah listeners this entire year of podcasting forget it i'm gonna show if in fact if you if you look behind you right now you're gonna see that i'm standing there with one of those men in black clicker blinder things and i'm gonna (laughs) i'm wiping your memory and you're never gonna remember this last year of podcasting and next week we're going to start with the first chapter of fellowship of the ring (laughs) and i'm going to do it with the companion guide okay (laughs) um i hope you i hope no one's like trying to listen to this because i know people listen to podcasts as they fall asleep i'm so sorry if that's you right now listener if you're trying to fall asleep right now and then i was like if you look behind you i'm standing right there sorry (laughs) slightly ominous yeah you know it's fine all good podcast hosts are a little bit ominous. Okay. <laughs> I'd be a bad podcast host if I wasn't, right? That's how it works. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, let's see. So, they stop to rest for a bit, and Sam takes watch over, yeah, um, takes, like, watch for a little bit, um, while Frodo immediately just, like, collapses and passes out. And he goes and stands like on the on a cliff or whatever and like looks up at the night sky and there's this like great little passage that I was like Tolkien how dare you make me feel things like this is a beautiful moment (laughs) there peeping among the cloud rack above a dark sky tore high up in the mountains Sam saw a white star twinkle for a while the beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of the forsaken land and hope returned to him For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end, the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. And I was like, 
Like, why do you have to do this, especially in a time that's, like, extremely relevant for (laughs) this, like, moment in history that, um, especially, like, in America, where... The we yep. the rest of the world at this point is kind of like moving on with their lives because y'all <laughs> y'all defeated the corona. Congratulations. We're still back in the eighteen hundreds arguing yeah. about masks. <laughs> and then like other side of that coin is like we're also apparently arguing about whether certain people's lives matter or not, which is absurd. Yeah. And yep. so like disheartening to be living in the midst of all this turmoil and even though some of this like work and 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 whatnot is like a brutal awakening to our country and whatever it's still hard to experience and witness but I just love this that like um where is it the thought pierced him that in the end the shadow and the shadow has a capital s was only a small and passing thing there was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach like just what a great thought that like yes Mm -hmm. these are like dark times and it feels like it's going to go on forever but it's actually a small yeah. and passing thing and that yeah in the end there is lightness that is greater than what we are like experiencing and living through right now that will ultimately win and it'll yeah so <laughs> didn't mean to go that yeah. deep but but here so we are. I was talking about the companion guide so that's linked um and so it says what you just said, a frequently quoted passage which stresses the importance of hope and suggests that there are limits to what evil can achieve. Mm. And I, I, it's a beautiful passage. It's honestly, like I see so many people get that like tattooed on them and stuff like that. And it is just such a great reminder that no matter what's going on in your life, either your personal life or like the greater life, like you were saying in mm-hmm. the US, there's still hope and there's still something to hold on to and it's going to go away. It cannot last forever. So it's, it's a really beautiful passage. Yeah. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a great visual image too of like Sam, mm-hmm. this like small, tiny, innocent being in this land of like perpetual doom and evilness. Um, looking like looking up at the sky and there's like a little star that's like piercing through the darkness. Just like great words, a great picture. Mm-hmm. Good job, Tolkien. I think it also attests to Sam's character that even in the worst situation, mm-hmm. he's still willing to look around and find that star and find that glimmer of right, hope, no yeah. matter what's going on around him. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's also like a good way to show how the ring is affecting, or rather like not affecting him, because throughout this mm-hmm. chapter, there are moments where Frodo is like, well, I guess this is how we died. This sucks. I feel terrible. There, I can't go on. And Sam is the one to be like, well, we have to keep going anyway. And like, come on, Mr. Frodo. And, and all this stuff to like be encouraging and keep him going. And he's the more like hopeful one of the two right now. Yeah. Which is also like another great like you know metaphor for life that like sometimes you need you know that friend and that person to be the one to be like no it's okay like I know you feel like this is really rough and you're not gonna get through this but like come on let's get going I'll be with you the whole time yeah you don't have to go through things alone you can go through things with people around you yeah yeah yeah. beautiful it's like Tolkien's good at writing what I know what that's a surprise I know huh (laughs) um so after they wake up and they keep moving, they they have to, like, hide really quick because they realize that there are two orcs, like, kind of walking back and forth and patrolling a bit. And where is it? Um, oh, yeah. And <laughs> Tolkien says, like, the narrator says, like, as usual, they were fighting. <laughs> and I, I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, now it's become, like, a, it's a character trait for these orcs when we come across them that, like, they're always fighting with each other yeah and then i also love it continues on uh with this like kind of like corporate talk that the or this conversation Mm -hmm. that orcs are having and it feels like it feels very much like it could be a a scene in the office or something where they're like one of them is like oh we're supposed to be looking for like what? It, like stop what you're doing. We're supposed to be looking for something, and the other one is like, ah, what? Like what does corporate know? They don't even know what <laughs> what we're supposed to be looking for because they've told us this one thing first, and then they told us another thing. Like what do they know? Um, 
and and then the other one is like, oh, like they're losing their minds. Like, what do they know? And it's just funny that like they have this very mundane conversation for yeah. being like not total... what you would expect from an orc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they mentioned that like they're supposed to be looking for Frodo and Sam, and this is what they're arguing about. Is one of them was like, well, okay, well, first they told us this sounds very familiar to like, I'll use the comparison of the U.S. And masks where first they were like, Mm -hmm. no, don't wear masks because that's going to just perpetuate fear and that's unnecessary. And then they're like, "Okay, maybe masks are okay if you are like immunocompromised or whatever. And then now they're like, yeah, no, masks are great. Everyone should be wearing them. And then some people are like, I can't breathe in my mask and my oxygen intake is lower, which is ridiculous. And that's not true. And that's like what the orcs are like. They're like, well, first they told us that we were supposed to be looking for an elf. And then they told us we're supposed to be looking for two people. And now they're telling us that we're supposed to be like looking for these kind of people. Like we don't even know what we're doing anymore. Yeah. And that you can feel their frustration with what they call the higher up yeah. with capital H capital U and like that they feel that they're being cheated and lied to the whole time and mm-hmm. they don't even know if they should trust anyone anymore and then speaking also of like hmm can we trust who like who can we trust they say what's the black sneak got to do with it all that gobbler with the flapping hands and I was like <laughs> I know who this is yeah <laughs> And it's also adding to this, like, arsenal of weird descriptions that other characters have given to Gollum. Um, Yeah. One of Faramir's men called him, like, a large black squirrel or something. (laughs) But this is is a new one that I also enjoy. That gobbler with the flapping hands. Yeah. I mean, it's accurate. Yeah, exactly. That, like, that's what's always funny about them is uh, about these, like, weird descriptions is they're not entirely wrong you know no exactly yeah so obviously now we know that like Gollum is you know he hasn't died um sorry I'm all of a sudden looking at a plant and I wondered if it has been growing like this (laughs) so I like totally had there's a plant sitting on my desk and I was like has it always looked like that or did it just like suddenly no but it has okay sorry oh my god I got to see that moment where your brain, like, switched Stop. focus. Yeah. Like, I was fully talking. I just saw you, like, looking around and then, like, plant. God, what is wrong with my brain? Like, literally, fully talking about Lord of the Rings. I'm looking down at my book, and then I looked up, and I was like, huh, plant. Squirrel! Okay, anyway. Um... Yeah, so Gollum is sneaking around. Earlier in the chapter, Sam mentions, he's like, I don't think that Gollum is quite dead. <laughs> like, he's yeah. he's definitely still around here, and I expect we'll run into him soon. Yeah, so these orcs are... So Gollum has been running around, probably following Sam and Frodo, um, and the orcs know about it. And then, I don't even remember what they... Oh, because Gollum had found... I think it was Gollum had found the piece of clothing that Frodo had taken off. And, like, Mm -hmm. I also appreciate that about Tolkien. Like, obviously, I make fun of his insane attention to detail. But it is also nice that, like, literally everything they do, like, he doesn't just forget about it. Like, something as simple as Frodo taking off a piece of clothing comes back. And, like, yeah, he uses all of those details and moments to, like add to the story yeah so yeah they found this like piece of clothing oh and like one of the one of the orcs mentions that he tried to shoot Gollum but missed or something uh and then they start fighting us about something and then one of them kills the other (laughs) yep simple (laughs) as that typical orc fashion yeah yeah and sam as the other one walks off sam says if this nice friendliness would spread about in mordor half our trouble would be over so i I love that he he recognizes that like man we're getting we're gonna like get pretty lucky if like all we have to do is like sit back and just like let the orcs fight and kill each other and we'll be fine yeah which is how he got frodo too that's what happened in the previous chapter Yep. So they keep moving forward and Sam, bless him, at one point, um, oh, he says, begging your pardon, Mr. Frodo, but have you any notion of how far there is still to go? And I love that because he's still, he's being so polite with a very like warranted question of like, so like, 
how much longer <laughs> do we know where <laughs> like it's a very valid question for him to be asking of like where are we going and how much longer but he's still like so polite <laughs> and doesn't ask yeah. it in a straightforward way yeah and this is where we learn that we are following Frodo's vague memory of a map that he <laughs> saw in Rivendell. Yep, a map he got a quick glance at months ago. Yeah, let's see. In Rivendell, before I set out, I was shown a map of Mordor that was made before the enemy came back here. Yeah, so this was, I think, even... So it's not even, like, a full map. It's probably, like, an outdated map. But I only remember it vaguely. (laughs) I remember clearest (laughs) that there was a place in the north where the western range and the northern range sent out spurs that nearly meet. That must be 20 leagues. So I was like, oh, my God, 20 leagues. Are you kidding me? And he says that it's probably another week before they get there. And I was like, are you like I was I was thinking like the chapter was going to end. This and is it was it. Gonna be yeah. like they, arri- they had arrived. But no, like they still have a long way to go. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It is Tolkien. It's always going to take longer than you'd expect. <laughs> And it's it's because literally in his brain, he's like, the readers are going to be so confused if I don't explain every painstaking step of this journey. Like they have to understand yeah. every like literal step that they take. They have to understand why they're going this direction and what, you know, what the other options were that they didn't do. And, and it's like so important to him. And I'm just like, just get him to the mountain, dude. And a big part of that is from where this story comes from. Because I don't know if you know that story at all of how The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings even began. Isn't it um, he was telling a story to his kids or kid? I can't remember he how was, many he has. Yeah, he was uh, kind of making it up as he went along to his son Christopher. And one day he sits down and he goes, okay, Christopher, so where are we? Oh, yes. He closes the green door and Christopher goes, no, dad, you said the door is red. And the dad just kind of looked at him and went, oh, God, why do you have to remember every single detail? And he realized that his son was so hyper-focused on the story that he had to actually write it down to remember all the painstaking details. Because otherwise his kid would be like, uh, that's wrong. You said it was red before. Now you're saying it's green. So really, that's actually we have Christopher Tolkien's fault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This hyper-focused child who's like, "Mm, that's the wrong color. (laughs) And then what do they do? And then what do they do? And then what do they do? So it's it's a kid's fault. How dare he? I know, children. But that's like, that's such a kid thing to do, though. To act like. I know. I be, uh, I, or I used to. It makes me so sad. I, I used to babysit like a lot of families regularly, and I haven't like seen or babysat any of them in like since March, and it's July, and it makes me sad. Yeah. Like, like a lot of them are, yeah. were like two and under and wait now how old i'm trying to think like a lot of them were younger and i'm like they're gonna be like speaking full sentences like next time i see them and it makes me sad but um anyway um but like that's what kids are like they're you know they're like i know so so what next so what and i'm like can we just like focus on this one thing that we're doing right now like yeah like let's stop asking all these questions and then just enjoy the here and now of of like what this yeah. story is and they're just always curious and that's a that's definitely like a testament to like what the hobbit is cuz that was you know obviously the first one that he wrote mm-hmm. um i wonder if like so do you know actually if cuz the hobbit is obviously more of a like kid friendly tale do you know if yep. he so like that makes sense that he would have like sat down and like told Christopher this story as a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Do you know if he like if that's also what happened with Lord of the Rings? No. So what happened with Lord of the Rings is basically publishers reached out to him and said, "Hey, your Hobbit book did so well. Could you write a sequel?" And he went, "No." Nah. <laughs> and they're like, "Uh, but could you please write a sequel?" And he said, "Mm, okay, but I don't want to write for kids anymore. I want to write for adults." And loads of publishers telling him that wouldn't work, that he had to write a kid's book. Um, and Tolkien was basically like, no, I'm going to do my thing. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. And so so he did the thing. And um, so The Lord of the Rings was actually purposefully written for adults. And that's why it's quite a bit darker than The Hobbit and is much longer than The Hobbit. Um, because he thought basically the time span between writing The Hobbit and writing The Lord of the Rings, he knew that the initial readers of The Hobbit had grown up. 
-hmm. And so he wanted them to have a new book to read for themselves and not to have to read it to kids or stuff like that. So The Lord of the Rings was written for adults. Okay, cool. It just constantly blows my mind that like The Lord of the Rings is is the sequel like of these two books. The massively long and dense and complex... (laughs) Uh, heavily detailed story is the one that he reluctantly wrote. Like, yeah, that he was forced into writing. Yeah, he's like, ugh, fine, whatever. Like, you would think it would be the total opposite that he was like, fine, I'll write, I'll write this like short little bedtime story. Uh, but like, yeah. no, total opposite. That's just so funny. Mm. I just like can't wait to delve into like the history of. Tolkien like himself and like learning mm-hmm. about like this mystery of a man who who yeah oh man oh that's why you're like the companion guide because it was written with Christopher Tolkien he helped write oh, a lot cool. of it so it's a lot of like oh yeah when my dad was writing this bit um like his office was like covered in papers and maps and everything and like how long it took him to figure out like in the book so you were mentioning the um was it the 20 leagues they still had to walk? Mm-hmm. So in the companion guide, it actually explains that initially it was this amount of leagues and then Tolkien realized that didn't make sense. So he changed it to this and then he changed it to that and then he changed it to this. And it's like Christopher explaining how many times his dad had to change it because otherwise it wouldn't add up and that kind of stuff. So the companion guide gives like history on the book and links it to The Hobbit and The Silmarillion, but also gives history on when it was actually being written mm-hmm. and what Christopher remembers of his dad and the notes that he's found. So it's it kind of gives you a good insight as to Tolkien himself. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm just here to sell the companion guide, apparently. That's <laughs> just <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> um, that's funny what you say about the 20 leagues and Tolkien being like, no, that doesn't add up. And like him actually putting, like measuring it on the map and giving yeah. back. Whereas like, I, I don't know if it was common for, you know, people in 1950s, 60s, like UK, England or whatever to know what a league is but like <laughs> he could have been like oh yeah it's 500 leagues and i would have been like oh yeah i got it uh-huh like i have <laughs> sure. i like i've just about as much of an idea of what you know 20 leagues is as i do 500 leagues so yeah which is nothing actually i'm gonna look at someone has told me before how long a league is um it's long i don't know exactly but I'm, i feel like it's long oh let's see it is three point about three and a half miles how many kilometers is that? i was about to ask 5.5 kilometers so long okay two yeah okay yeah 20 leagues that's a lot yeah so but anyway like it's just funny that he was like no i have to put in the accurate amount of leagues but like a league is such a like specific and it seems to me like outdated form of of like measurement but Okay, Tolkien. (laughs) Yeah, so they stop to rest again. And Sam is like, okay, I'm going to go find more food or or water, hopefully. Oh, he does this, like, really sweet thing where he tells, he gives Frodo, like, some water and some food. And Mm -hmm. um, Sam did not tell him that he had drunk the last drop of their water and eaten Sam's share of the food as well as his own. And like, yeah, what a good bud he is. Cause he can, he's so sweet. Yeah. Like I rag on Sam a lot, obviously, but like he is a very like, <laughs> caring person. So so he goes off to f- when Frodo falls asleep, he goes off to find more water. And um, luckily he does find it. But along the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> at that moment, he caught a glimpse of a black form or shadow flitting among the rocks away near Frodo's hiding place. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder who that is. <laughs> no idea. Huh. Ugh, Gollum. At that point, I was like, get back here. Because the whatever the shadow or shape is, it runs away. And yeah. I'm like, you get back here and we're going to have it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so annoying at this point. But uh, Sam goes back to Frodo and wakes him up. Or I don't know. They, he's like, I can't stay awake anymore, but I also don't want us to both be asleep because obviously Gollum is following us right now. (laughs) Um, It's very obviously Gollum. And I don't feel comfortable with us both being asleep. And Frodo's like, okay, don't worry. You go to sleep. I'll stay up and watch. Nope. 
<laughs> the next sentence is like, <laughs> is like, uh, yeah, the yeah, next Frodo se- sat propped against the rock behind, but he had fallen asleep. It happens all the time, <laughs> like every time. And it's always, you just no, can't trust Frodo. It's well, it happens with Sam too every now or like earlier in the book or in Two Towers. It happened with Sam too, like every time mm. it was like, okay, we're gonna take turns sleeping and I'll stay up and watch. It would be like, but Sam dozed off, and I'm like, well, then let's just like not take watch anymore, okay? Let's all just go to sleep, <laughs> and I'm sure Gollum won't kill you, maybe. <laughs> That happens to me so often now, because for those who don't know, I have a baby at home. And the amount of times, like, she'll wake up in the night and I'll tell my partner, like, don't worry, I'll, like, look after her, I'll calm her down and put her back to bed. And then suddenly, like, I'll open my eyes and it's three hours later, I'm like, I fell asleep, I did not put the baby back down. (laughs) And it constantly happens. I did it this morning, actually. It constantly happens to both of us. We're like, don't worry, I got this, it's fine. And then you don't got this and you fall asleep. (laughs) So I I feel for Sam and Frodo for this because I get it. It's so easy to just fall asleep. I mean, but like we've all done that where like you lie. This happened to me actually like this weekend. I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to like lie down, take like a half hour nap or something. And then like an (laughs) hour and a half later, I was like, whoops. Oopsies. (laughs) Didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Sleep is just, it's just too easy to fall asleep. My favorite is when like you wake up in the morning and you're like oh it's still it's still like eight o'clock or whatever I can go back to sleep for another hours or whatever and so you go back to sleep and then you wake up and then it's like this has happened to me a couple times where it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like oh (laughs) didn't mean to do that but okay (laughs) yep anyway yeah so so Frodo falls asleep (laughs) and then they wake up and they start moving towards this entire time they've been trying to like they're like trying to move in the direction of Mount Doom but they also have to like go about it a really like kind of like zigzaggy fashion because there are all these enemies obviously because they're in Mordor that they have to be avoiding um so they are like trying to like work towards Mount Doom and as they're getting there they realize that there's an army of orcs coming like up from behind and they're approaching rapidly and they are like okay let's just sit off to the side and maybe they'll just think that like we're soldiers resting because they're wearing the orc stuff and it also happens Mm -hmm. that this army this like troop or whatever that's coming up behind them happens to be the like smaller breed of orcs so they think that Frodo and Sam are part of this troop and that they have like they're like deserting or they're just being lazy or whatever and like the captain or whoever yells at them to join in the march and I was like okay Uh, because I made fun of um I made fun of them in the previous chapter when they put on the orc stuff for because they're like oh perfect we'll blend right in I was like yeah (laughs) you hobbits wearing this orc stuff no one's gonna question that (laughs) because I didn't know that like there were smaller breeds of orcs in my mind they're just like huge monstrous creatures and then meanwhile here are these children playing dress up and thinking it's a (laughs) it's a perfect disguise so I made fun of them for that and was like that's not gonna work turns out it does (laughs) Yep. <laughs> they like blend right in. Orcs aren't the smartest though. Yeah, that's that's also that's something I didn't yeah, you're right. I did not take that into account. <laughs> yeah. Orcs are pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they have to like march with this army and throughout this journey Frodo is like on the brink of collapse basically and Sam is just like watching him nervously like oh my god if he collapses he's gonna give us away and we're gonna be eaten by all these orcs and this is gonna be terrible and they but they luckily like get to I think they reach they reach like a oh they reach Barad-dur this is the this is the name of the tower that I can't say um for whatever reason my mouth won't form the sound dur Dur, door, yeah. dur. I can't say it correctly. Anyway, they reach that place. I think, Fr- or fr- no, from Barad-dur. Are they there, or are they just approaching it? They're somewhere near it. Let's say. Yeah, they're in that area. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they charged into the Durthang line. Nope, sorry, that's me misreading. Haha. Uh-huh. Let me check. 
I have been left alone. I am by myself. I am now the host of the podcast. For I am now the host. I was left alone. Aha, I have taken over. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I gave you zero warning. I hope you did a good job. It's okay. Um, t- uh, Tyler and Ethan gave me this book. And it has these Ooh, very books. helpful... Let's see. Map to the Black Gate. Let's see. Oh, it has maps. 465. Well, what's very helpful about it is that it has maps of specific battles and it shows. Let's see, that's The Hobbit. I know one of my books has maps, but which book has maps? That's the question. The other thing is, I never know if I'm reading about something that has yet to happen. Oh, yeah, spoilers. But oh well. At this point, I'm like, I'm not as concerned about spoilers for The Hobbit. Because I might, like, that story isn't as epic of a story, you know? It's a... Yeah. uh, Or maybe, actually, that could be a blatant lie. I don't know. But anyway, this book is really helpful because it has maps of, like, specific battles and moments where it shows, like... And this is where, like, Eowyn and Theoden... Or, yeah, Eowyn and Theoden were. And this is where... This is the path that, like, Aragorn's army came up. Um... I think my maps are in a book I don't have in my office. And I'm not leaving my office to go get a book. Oh, great. That's where the eagles come in. (laughs) Darn, they don't have it. Okay. Oh, well. Had to check anyway. It says they were drawing near the entrance to Udun. Sure. I mean, okay, whatever. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, vaguely. (laughs) They get to a point where, like, another army of orcs or troop of orcs kind of meets them. And as is customary with orcs, they all kind of start fighting (laughs) and, like, yelling at it. There's, like, a lot of confusion because they're all, like, yelling at each other. Some of them have started fighting or whatever. And Frodo or Sam uses this as an opportunity for Frodo and Sam to sneak away. And he grabs Frodo and kind of, like, pulls him off to a ditch um, I guess, and is like, okay, we're safe now momentarily, I guess. And Frodo passes out, and that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Which is very different yep. from what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to end with him being like, and they looked up, and there was Mount Doom. Nope. I mean, as you, as you say, the, the name of the next chapter kind of makes you think that, but no, not quite yet. Still got 20 leagues. I think I'm just like getting really impatient now. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, come on, we've been doing this for 900 pages. <laughs> like, well, literally. Especially if you're getting into the story, like, I think you kind of want to see how it's going to end at this point. Like, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. You're interested both from a, like, you've done so much work. It'd be nice to have it, like, the project kind of finished, but also from, like, a story point of view to know what happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, the other thing is just that, like, I've been moving at such a, like, glacial pace doing, like, I've been doing this for a year now, and I'm like, can yeah. we just do it already? <laughs> like, can we get to this <laughs> <we> moment? <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I'm getting really impatient now, and I'm ready. I'm ready for them to do it. Um, but See, that's will... so wild to me, because you don't know this story whatsoever and i don't have a single memory of not knowing the lord of the rings i've always known this story that's so and i remember when you first announced this podcast i was like wait you don't know the lord of the rings like i get not reading them but like you don't know it at all and it just it blew my mind that there's people who don't know and i know that sounds really privileged but it's just because i grew up with it as such a part of my like upbringing well okay so what's funny is i recently read a someone left a review on itunes and the review was that i had in like episode like three or four i had spoiled something for them and they were mad about it and I was like, I saw what? That. what could I have possibly <laughs> spoiled that or like, what could I have possibly said that early on that spoiled something? I think they said it was something else. to do with Gandalf yeah. and Frodo or something. Yeah, I had said that like, I had said that, oh, well, I already know that Gandalf dies and comes back to life. And they were, and I was, okay, yeah, which is so funny to me that like, there, there's a person out there who knows less about Lord of the Rings than I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Also, like, I don't mean to, like, be ragging on this person, but, like, it was just, it was just, like, a really funny thing for me to read because I had zero idea that, like, I thought I knew the least amount of things about Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously now I know more, but, like, like, I really thought, like, I knew nothing. So it just made me laugh that there was someone who I could have possibly, like, it's usually the reverse. Like, people are spoiling things about the series for me. And I did it for someone else. I was like, I didn't know that was possible. So. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm always so, like, worried whenever I'm on uh, the Discord server. Because I'm always like, if I say something and you don't know that, I don't want to be the person who spoils So I just don't say anything. I'm just like, I don't want to risk saying anything that would ruin anything. <laughs> so I'm just quiet. I'm just reading all the comments like, um, should I say this thing? Yeah. Mm, maybe not. I'm so excited because in um, the Tolkien About Discord, I have a separate channel just for spoilers. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be able to go in there soon. I'm yeah. probably going to have to... Like, like I said, I'm not as, like, if I find out, if I get spoiled about something that happens in The Hobbit, I'm not going to be as, like, worried or upset about that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm really excited, like, in a couple weeks, again, I say a couple, it's still going to be, like, another <laughs> eight, eight weeks or whatever. But, like, I'm going to get to go in the spoiler channel, and I'm going to scroll back up, and I'm going to read everything. Scroll all the way up, yes. Yeah, yeah you should. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, what did I miss? Because it's killing me that like there's a channel in discord that i have zero idea of like what they're saying (laughs) and what's happening i don't know how you have the self-restraint because i am terrible at spoilers like whenever somebody posts a spoiler even if it's something that i don't want to get a spoiler for i'm just like too late i have to read it out (laughs) i don't know how you have done it because i could not in your position i'd just be on that channel all the time like what really (laughs) i have the channel muted but every now and then i'll accidentally click on it and I'll like read. I'll read like one word, and I'll be like, "Okay, this word says Gandalf." I'm afraid to like move my eyes from that single word because I don't want to read yeah. the words that are around it. Around it, yeah. And I'm like, so what, do, what, do, what do I do? What do I do? And so I, I like freeze, and I'm like, "Oh my god, get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> Um, well, Jess, that brings us to the end of this episode. What uh, do you have to share with our audience? Where can people find you? So you can find me on YouTube at StoryDiver. You can find me on Instagram at DiveJess and on Twitter at DiveJess, I believe. Oh, this always happens. I never remember my Twitter, uh, but it's linked <laughs> on my YouTube. So if you'd go to the YouTube, you'd find the Twitter. You'd think I would have prepared for this bit. I didn't. <laughs> That's fine. I'll make sure to link it in the episode description. Thanks. And then also, what is something, a book, a TV show, a movie, etc., that you have been enjoying lately? Ooh, well, I'm currently rereading for the millionth time, because if you didn't gather this already, listeners, I reread a lot of things. I'm rereading the His Dark Materials book series, which if you haven't gotten to, I would definitely recommend anybody read them. Um, And for a new thing I'm reading, I'm reading... Uh, Mackenzie's Mission, it's called. It's um, a book about, uh, like, it's a nonfiction book about a family who lost their baby to a genetic disorder. And so it's kind of their movement to helping, like, to forcing the Australian government to changing how pregnancies are treated in Australia with genetic testing and stuff. So it's not a fun read, but it's really interesting. And I know the mom, like, she's a friend of mine, which is why I'm reading the book. Um, but I would definitely recommend if anybody can find Mackenzie's mission and you're interested in like genetic testing and stuff, definitely read it. Cool. Very cool. That's what I'm talking about is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org where you can find other shows on the network like Sincerely Us, which actually I'm on this week. I just remembered that. Yeah. I believe tomorrow we'll be releasing the episode on a Very Potter sequel. I was on before to cover a Very Potter musical, and Becca and Enie kindly asked me to come back on for a Very Potter sequel. So, yeah, enjoy enjoy that coming out tomorrow. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today we're headed to Broadway. Are we? Okay, maybe not, but we're talking about Broadway. I'm Becca. And I'm Eenie, and we host Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. We discuss everything from strong female characters, to Ben Platt, to individual shows, to Ben Platt, (laughs) 
<laughs> to act one finales and everything in between. We even have a few experts on to talk about their expertise in the realm of musical theater. It's an easygoing show for every theater fan. No experience required. Listen every Wednesday at WBNE.org or wherever you get podcasts. That's not a Disney fan cast, I promise. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod, and you can also join the Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. This week's sponsor is Danny. Danny, thank you so much for being a sponsor of the podcast. I appreciate that so much. And also another quick announcement. I have a listener survey that I did as a result of completing the first year of That's What I'm Talking About, which is insane. If you haven't taken the listener survey yet, please do so. I want to be able to learn more about you and learn how I can improve this podcast. So the link for that will be in the episode description. Several weeks ago, it feels like now, the discussion question was, what is a good underdog against all odds kind of a story? Claire on Facebook said Newsies. Amy said How to Train Your Dragon. Renee said Friday Night Lights. And Mott's said Mighty Ducks. And these are all just like top-notch quality answers. Amazing job. Yes. This week's discussion question isn't so much a question as a request. Please share one of your favorite hopeful quotes with me. It can be a poem. It can be a quote from a song, a movie, a book, whatever you want it to be. It can be a piece of art even. Share something that lifts your spirits and, and brings you hope. I want to I see that. What is that for you? This is, of course, inspired by the beautiful moment from this chapter of Sam looking up at the sky and seeing the lone star and, and realizing that this darkness is not going to last forever and that light and good is going to come eventually. Uh, that being said, Jess, do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, well, I think kind of talking about what Sam said with finding the star, to make sure you're always finding your star in your own life no matter what's going on and know that all the bad things will come to an end one day and that it is good to come. Aww. And that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.